Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Scriptwriter Steve, and welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is February 1st, 2024. It's currently 2.04 a.m. in the morning. What is everybody up to? You know, I'm about to head to bed, and I, you guys on the East Coast are just getting up. <laughs> That's how far behind we are in hours when it comes to time zones between Hawaii and the East Coast. Anyway, you know, I'm really enjoying my new, um, I guess, format of my podcast. It really allows me to jump from topic to topic. You know, I should have done this in the beginning, uh, but usually how I started off is something all about barbecue. Then I go into something about movies. And then the rest of what I want to talk about is just really up to me. And there's short segments, so you could, you know, fast forward to whatever segment you want to listen to. But, you know, it keeps everything nice and tight, kind of interesting. So, uh, let's again start it off with some barbecue stuff. All right. So, as a lot, of, a lot of you know, I'm starting my own barbecue company. That thing has been in the making for a long, long freaking ass time. You know, right now, I own a wedding company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. That's the, what pays all my bills. And lately, because of the freaking economy, things have not been doing too well. You know, couples just don't have the money they had before. I just, I'll be very honest with you. And uh, maybe my advertising isn't as good as it was before. You know, know, before, back in the day, you you just had to get up there and Google. You had to hire hire out some SEO guy and have them, you know, optimize your website so be up there in the rankings. And uh, nowadays, with Google... Everyone's rankings are all kind of messed up. So you could, on one person's phone, depending on what they look for, you could be on the top page, and then another person's phone, you know, depending on where they are, where they're where they're coming from, you could be on the third page. It really doesn't matter. And what Google really wants you to do is you know do this PPC, pay per click campaign, because that's how they make all their money. And when you pay for that, pay for that, it's like about three dollars, five dollars per click. It's nuts. And you'll maybe book maybe one customer. And then at the end, at the end of the day, when you look at how much you'll spend to get that one customer, it's maybe about, maybe about like you know, close sometimes it's a hundred dollars to get one customer, and it's crazy. I, I mean, I don't want to pay a hundred dollars for a customer, so I, I just think it's crazy. So uh, I don't want to play that game anymore. I, I'm not going to get rid of my wedding company, and uh, yeah, I don't want to go into you know, doing Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff. And and so uh, what I'm going to do is just. Let the company go as it goes. If people find me, that you know, they'll find me. Uh, you know, some of them find me through the podcast, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but a lot of them just find me through articles that I write, and some, of the, the, I guess, the Hawaii wedding information group that I that I have on Facebook. That's also great as well. Uh, but not many find me through Google as much as they did before, and I'm fine with it. So when I go into barbecue, you know, my barbecue is. I mean, I hate to toot my own horn, but my barbecue is really, really good. And and, and I know when you go out there, a lot of people will say. Oh, they make really good barbecue. They make really, really good barbecue. I know my barbecue is really good just from the reaction when people eat my barbecue, their eyes roll. <laughs> they start laughing and smiling and say, oh, this is really good. And th- these are people who are from Texas and from the South and you know, from, from you know, the major barbecue cities out there. And, you know, we're talking Kansas City, Memphis, you know, Austin. And these are people who are used to eating good barbecue. And they'll say, 
oh, Steve, this is this is really outstanding, and, and they're not trying to they're not trying to sugarcoat it with me, and 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 you know, what they do is they end up you know, you know you know how you can tell is that they end up buying barbecue from you over and over and over again, and they don't live here. They, they don't live here. They, they, they fly down here, they're on vacation, then they come down here, and this is, okay, I'll, I'll buy some barbecue. So, so it's one of the, one of the greatest compliments I have, you know, out there. And plus, on top of that, I mean, this is one of my greatest compliments. You know, my barbecue is so good. I have a homeless person who spends $35 a pound to buy barbecue from me. And every time he buys it from me, he'll say, Steve, I want to buy another pound. When I get more money, I'm going to save up money because he does work. He's just homeless. And, uh, you know, he, he buys barbecue. And, and, and you know, other, here's the cool thing. He, he is a hard worker. Uh, maybe he made some bad decisions in, in his life. And, but, you know, maybe one day when my barbecue company uh, takes off, I will offer this guy a job. Maybe he'll be a pit master one day. Who knows? But this guy, this homeless guy, I think he's a good dude. You know, I, I believe in second chances, third chances as well. And, uh, you know, maybe I can offer him that. But anyway, so let's talk about some barbecue. I want to talk today. Well, first of all, before I go into the barbecue scene, I'm going to talk about the Hawaii barbecue scene. Um, I want to talk about Costco brisket prices real quick. I went down there to Costco today, and the price uh, is $3.99 a pound. That's pretty damn low. It's not really low, but that's a lot lower than it was before. Uh, yesterday, or the day before yesterday, I bought a brisket, $4.99 a pound over at Costco, $4.99. That, that is freaking expensive. So $3.99, I like it. So all of you out there who are like aspiring, you know, you know brisketeers out there, uh, smokers out there, go ahead, go head down to Costco, buy yourself some good brisket. And by the way, you can make good brisket with Costco meat, all right? You don't need to go to some like, you know, farmer out there and, so, and, and get some of the top rated cattle and everything. You get prime beef, prime is good. Um, you know, they're, they're almost all the same, uh, except don't get grass fed. Do not get grass fed. Make sure your cattle's fit, you know finished with corn. Uh, with corn, uh, grass fed beef. You, the, the whole thing is just a huge scam. That we'll save that for another podcast. I, I'll explain why. But uh, but yeah, out there, you know, get your brisket right now. Right now it's three ninety nine a pound. I'm hoping it goes down to maybe three forty nine. That would be great. It's still a lot more expensive than when Trump was in office. When Trump was in office, it was two forty nine a pound. So what does that tell me? I think they may have maybe a surplus in brisket right now, and um, but at before I think they were having a hard time getting brisket. It was going out 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 of the shelves a little too quick, so they raised it. They raised it up to four ninety nine a pound. Believe it or not. Oh, you know what's really cool at Costco is that they're starting to sell wagyu brisket, and wagyu brisket, holy cow, it is out of this world. Now I'm not sure what level it is, A1 to A5. They don't say on top of there, but it is good. It is very, 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 very um, fatty. It doesn't lose a lot of its weight. Um, usually, usually when you cook a brisket, it you lose about 50%. So if you have a 20-pound brisket, you have 10 pounds, which are sellable or servable, depending if you sell it or not. And uh, I thought because Wagyu was a lot more fat in there, you would lose about 10 pounds. Well, lo and behold, you actually lose maybe about, you know, you don't really lose 50%. You may lose about 48%, 46%, so it's not as bad. Um, but uh, I want to make more Wagyu brisket 
because it is really, really good. And, I, and I've sold Wagyu brisket as well. Like my, my customers, they really, really like it. So anyway, let's go into the Hawaii barbecue scene. Now, I know a lot of you out there who are barbecuers and you come to Hawaii and you're barbecue fanatics, and you, you take a look at the scene, and you say, wow, there's a Hawaii barbecue scene. Because if you Google Hawaii barbecue, you'll see all these Hawaii barbecue places all around here. And by the way, we do love to barbecue. Now, when we think of barbecue, though, it is much different than what, what you probably will think of in the mainland. Because barbecue here in Hawaii is more synonymous with the Korean bar with Korean barbecue. And um, Korean barbecue is much different than American barbecue. So in America, what do you say, what is technically barbecue when you think BBQ? So barbecue technically, and uh, hope hope you guys know this if you follow my channel here, but um, technically barbecue is when you cook something, cook a piece of meat in with indirect heat. So an offset uh, or, you know, when you have like, you know, Something where there's there's something blocking the, the heat directly heat from actually cooking it, and when you actually grill something on top of you know over charcoals, that's called grilling. So barbecue technically is smoking, while grilling is it's something else. Now a lot of Americans think they are both the same. So so if, if you invite your friends and say, hey, let's, let's go ahead and barbecue, like it's both, it doesn't matter. And most people don't cook in an offset. Yeah, they may have a Traeger, they don't even like to use that. They, they, they love to grill. So most people in America, they'll say, hey, let's go barbecue at so-and-so's house. And you know they pop up, they pop up in the grill, pop, put some charcoal, charcoal briquettes on top of there and they grill a steak and they call it barbecue. So that's what, how most people think of barbecue, not the barbecue aficionados like us, right? So, uh, but here in Hawaii, when you think of barbecue and you see all the signs that says Hawaiian barbecue, Hawaiian barbecue, bar barbecue, this, that's more synonymous again with Korean barbecue. So what is Korean barbecue? Well, the way Koreans make their meat is that they marinate, they marinate all of their meat. So, and they marinate in soy sauce, um, some, some pear, some, some honey, a lot, a lot of sugar. It's very, it's very sweet soy sauce. And then they cook, uh, they, they cook short rib with it, like, and they, they slice their short rib very thin. That's called kalbi, and they'll do it to chicken as well. So you have kalbi and barbecue chicken, which are really, really good. And sometimes they'll grill that over an open fire. I like to grill it over over kiawe wood, and it's amazing. Um, but the way the Koreans do it is that they actually grill it over... Uh, a lot of times an iron skillet and they'll, they'll sit all around there like, like, a, like a family will sit around an iron skillet and they'll cut their meat. And also um, one of their favorite things to do is to grill pork belly and, and, and they'll grill it like, you know, raw. They'll, they'll grill it. They'll grill the pork belly without any seasoning and then they'll dip it in, um, in a sauce, a sesame seed oil sauce, which just has salt, uh, kosher salt and ground pepper in there or sometimes just Morton salt in there. And you just mix it all up, eat it, eat it with a, you, you make a little vegetable burrito with a, some romaine, romaine lettuce, rice, and you put the, put some meat in there, you put some, maybe some of the Korean vegetables in there, and you just eat it all at one time, like a little burrito. No, I'm sorry, like a little, little taco. And, uh, it is just great. And, um, that's Korean barbecue. So that, that's, that's technically when people think of barbecue here in Hawaii, and it doesn't matter if you go to a plate lunch area, that's usually what you'll get. So if you order the barbecue chicken plate, it'll be chicken thighs. Um, you know, most of the time it's chicken thighs, boneless chicken thighs that are marinated in this soy sauce. And then it's just grilled on a flat grill in the back and served with rice and macaroni salad. 
Uh, and then, or if you want kalbi, which is really, really good, um, those are short ribs cut very, very thin. And you still see the, the three little bones there, but they're cut really thin and they'll put on top of the grill really quick. And they're not grilling it over again, coals or wood or anything. There's no smoking going on. There's no indirect heat. They'll just, they'll just cook it right there. And that's also very good. Now, you can't get good Korean barbecue, to me, in my, my opinion, um, at any of the... Uh, at any of the the very fam- famous or more, more popular local stores, such as L and L Barbecue, um, there L and L Barbecue is quite horrible to be honest. But they're they're they advertise them they advertise themselves as Hawaiian barbecue. So again, when you go to these places and it says Hawaiian barbecue, you're not going to get brisket, ribs, pulled pork, or anything like that. So there's only a few places here in Hawaii that actually do that, and they don't do it very well. Now, there is there are a few of them that have offset smokers that do barbecue Texas style. They'll always say Texas style or, you know, mainland style, and um, they don't know how to use their smokers that great. I don't know one local barbecue, I guess, place that is that great. Um, uh, yeah, I would like I would like to say they're great, but they're not good at all. Um, they don't know how to, well, so, some... Uh, I think I think the largest one here. I'm not going to say their name, but they're actually okay. But they're still missing the mark. They're really missing the mark. You know, if I can outcook them on my Oklahoma Joe smoker, which is not a which is just a backyard grill, and they can't outcook me with a commercial commercial smoker, that's a problem because that commercial smoker can create a lot better smoke than my little Oklahoma Joes. So there's a big, 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 big problem. And the barbecue sauces, oh my God, they all suck. They all really, really suck. So uh, now, now, a lot of other things I want to touch upon here, because I've been watching a lot of YouTube, um, barbecue, uh, YouTube stuff. Some of them, some of them out there keep saying, we're going to marinate our brisket or marinate our short rib Asian style. And they start putting together... You know, again, it looks as though it's a Korean style marinade. Very, 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 very close, but somewhat not. Because I'm sorry, you just because you use soy sauce as your base does not mean it's Asian inspired. And and again, it is all of all of the Asians. <laughs> doesn't matter what type, what type of Asian you are, but we do it differently. Now I, I'm full Chinese. The Chinese really don't marinate their meats at all. We may marinate some pork for some certain dishes, but we don't use usually short ribs or, or barbecue chicken. You know, we usually stir fry those things. Uh, the Japanese usually don't marinate at all. They're about all about sauces and dipping. You know, their cook their cooked meats or or the raw meats like sashimi in into a soy sauce. So they and and the Thais they're all about curry. And the Filipinos are all about vinegar and soy sauce. And, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So when a lot of people from the mainland on these, on these YouTube videos, they, they kind of squish everything all into one big bucket and say, oh, we're going to, we're going to create a little Asian flavor sauce here. What type of Asian are you talking about? You know, and, um, are you talking about Korean Asian? Cause they're, the Koreans, for the most part, you know, from what I've been observing, especially here and, uh, they're the only Asians that really, you know, marinate everything. They are the marinators. So, so, um, so, you know, it's kind of like me saying, me saying that, oh, all, all, all um, barbecue is the same when, again, all over the United States, it's all different. It's really, really different. So the Hawaii barbecue scene, my verdict, it sucks. 
for the most part. If you're looking for Texas style or mainland style barbecue, until I open up my business, which would be Texas inspired, we're not Texas style. The closest thing I can say is Texas inspired uh, because we're not going to copy Texas. Um, don't really care too much for Texas barbecue, to be honest. I mean, I think it's okay. It's okay, but I think I do mine's a little better. And I, I have my own style. But if I said it, the, the closest thing to anything, it's Texas in, inspired. But I don't use post oak. I don't use, I don't over, I don't put pepper in there. I don't, I don't make it, I don't make it have heat either. I don't like, I don't like the heat part of it. I just like my stuff being very, very good, uh, a, a, a very tasty, uh, I guess, I guess the type of, type of brisket. Um, really, really tasty, really, really smoky. Um, not bitter smoke. Never, never have bitter smoke in there. And uh, just really, really good beef flavor in there as well. So, um, but I don't like a lot of Texas places. They put too much pepper on there. And I don't like, I don't like having to work through pepper to get to the smoke flavor. I just really, really don't. So I'm not sure what to call it. Hopefully later on, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll create a standard, but right now the, if you're looking for, again, that type of offset smoking stuff or what they're used to in the mainland for barbecue, you're not going to find it here in Hawaii. With that being said, you got to try out Korean barbecue. Korean barbecue, you may have it in your area, Korean barbecue, and check out Kalbi, K-A-L-B-I. You'll be pleasantly surprised. And there's also barbecue chicken, which is also very, very good. And eat it with rice and eat it with all their vegetables. And by the way, that's how I'll, that's how I'll actually be serving um, my brisket and, and my pulled pork and everything. I'll be serving it with rice. You know, one thing, my really big problem with mainland barbecue, all of the barbecue out there, is that you know barbecue is such a heavy, 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 heavy meal. And, and you know, I went to these places that were in Texas, like such, such as Franklin's, and they open up at eleven a.m. You have to stand in line from six a.m. And but you're eating again a very very heavy meal for brunch. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I like my heavy meals at dinner, and so why why can't I eat this for dinner? I mean, but you can't go to Franklin's for dinner because by the time they open their doors, they're sold out already. So you know, there's still a big part of me that when I make my Texas inspired like you know brisket out there when I'm selling it to the public that I want to open up for dinner. I don't really want to open up for brunch, and I want to serve it with rice, like a really, really, really good. Because my 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 uh, my barbecue that I make, especially my brisket, it comes with an aju, like how you have prime rib, and this aju is smoked. It's smoked aju. This is liquid gold, and it goes so good with rice. Oh my god! You pour that aju on anything. It's great. It's really, really good, and uh, that—that's one thing that really separates me from from the from the mainland there, um, especially from Texas, because they don't have any aju in their brisket, and uh, I do, I do. So I I make a nice aju with the with the drippings. So anyway, that's 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 enough for that segment on there. Let's move on to the movie segment. Next piece of paper. Next piece of paper here. Watched a movie this past day. Yeah, Hold on, not past day, yesterday, yesterday night, yesterday night. Is it yesterday? No, there's no such word as yesterday. They should make a word called yesterday, right? Okay, so what movie was that? It was called The Underdog, starring Snoop Doggy Dog. That was a really good movie. I give it an A+. I give it an A+. It's a really good movie, really well directed, really well acted. 
extremely well acted. It's a, it's not Oscar worthy. But even then, I don't even care what Oscar worthy means these days because most of the time when, most of the time when a movie wins the Oscar, I don't really care because that's, it's usually a crappy film, to be honest. Like, and, and, and when it, when they, oh, when the actor wins the award, it's usually a depressing character. They'll say, oh, this is so great because that actor acted really depressed and violent. So we really enjoy his violent, depressed way of acting. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, right? So if you're, if you're violent, depressed, and then you're a victim of society, and you're just crying all the time, you're gonna get, you're, you're gonna be nominated for an Oscar. But what do I consider good, good acting? I consider good acting is when, is when I don't know that they're acting. That they're, I believe them, that they're in this role, that they're this one, that they're this hero or this antagonist or anything like that. And, and, and the underdog stars Snoop Doggy Dog. And, uh, you, you know, even though he's kind of playing himself, delivering the lines like he would, um, he, he, the character they wrote for him fits his personality type. So I'm not going to tell you what this movie is about. Um, I will tell you that it, it is inspired uh, by, by Snoop Doggy Dogg's um, involvement in the Pee Wee Football League uh, in America. And what he's done is that he's taken, I guess, underprivileged youth especially in inner cities, and sponsored a lot of um, peewee football teams and, uh, and really helped change the lives of these young kids. And, um, you, know, you know, football sports, it really does make a difference because a lot of these kids, especially from the inner city, a lot of black kids, they don't have fathers. And who becomes their father is their coach. And, um, you, you know, some of these kids who Snoop Dogg Dog, Dog helped, some of them play in the NFL these days. A lot of them went to college. It's just getting them to go to college, that's great because they get a free scholarship. They, they, they don't have to pay these outrageous price, these, these uh, college prices for like a good education. So they can go to college, right, and get a free education. They just have to play some football and, uh, you know, maybe they can land a better job out there. At least they're not joining a freaking gang, right? So, Underdogs, it kind of te- well, rolls along that same story where Snoop Doggy Dog is helping out the youth, but he doesn't play himself. He plays uh, a troublemaker, a, a former NFL star who's a troublemaker, uh, who's a wideout, and um, he's a washed-up wideout, and he just wants to. He's just trying to redeem himself, and um, that's all I'll tell you. Okay, so <laughs> that's all I'll tell you. Now, this movie. It's not really made for children, I think, because the characters in it. Now, there's a lot of sexual innu- sexual innuendo, innuendo, profanity, and a lot of those those lines there are delivered by the kids. So, it, again, even though it's it's kind of ironic, even though it stars kids, it's not really made for kids. So, you know, if if you if you don't want your kid to like learn how to swear and you know be exposed to all these sexual innuendos or these sexual jokes, then don't have them watch Underdog. But for you parents out there, you know, for us adult crowd, then it's just fine. Now, you know, even though the kids have a profane, you know, I guess they're like uttering, prof- pro- I guess, profane words and sentences and all those different types of things, I don't really strike that down when it comes to the quality of this uh, this story. Because number one, uh, this, this, is, this is in the inner city. And number two, kid, a lot of kids, and I've, from my own experience up there, yeah, I, I lived there in Long Beach for a while, and I was in the park there playing football with some of the kids out there, and man, those little kids, that age, 
they have a mouth, exactly what Snoop Doggy Dog, I guess, portrayed in his movie out there. So he wrote a movie that was very, very accurate, canon to reality, truth to reality. Um, and again, you may not like it, but this is a lot, how a lot of kids talk. They have, a, they, they, have, they have a mouth on them. They have the mouth of a Navy sailor. Right, so, so they have a they have a mouth of a New York construction worker. It's it's not the most clean. It's far from clean, but at least he's writing something very honest out there. And that's what I loved about this movie. The characters are very very honest. They do things that are honest to real life personality types. Now, not all of the characters are written extremely well, but Snoop Snoop Doggy Dog's character is written extremely well. Um, that he's he's written as a as a, as a person who's like, you know, cares more about their image than anything else. And, you know, those people who are, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, they, they care so much about their image. They care so much about their social media and what other people think about themselves that they are conning the world. And they're con- at the same time, they're conning themselves. And the only way for them to, to, I guess, to grow is to realize that, hey, wait a minute, their life is a lie. Everything else is a lie. Start being re- real. And then, again, put yourself ahead of others and start helping people for, genuinely. And, and um, that, that's basically what happens. And um, Snoop, Snoop Doggy Dog's character growth that follows that arc. And that's perfect when it comes to real life, uh, I guess, character growth. And in, I guess, on script, you know, on a script, you call it a character arc. In real life, you call it personal growth. So if, if we're looking at the Enneagram, and this is what I used to use, well, actually, I still use it. When you, when you write characters, that's an Enneagram type three achiever. So you can Google that, Enneagram type three achiever, or you can go to my website, scriptwriter Steve. Look at the upper right hand corner for personality types. That's the Enneagram type three. And those are like people like, you know, Tony Stark. Um, what's another type three out there? Not off the top of my head, but the um, Snoop the Snoop Doggy Dog's character is a very unhealthy type three achiever out there. Uh, in real life, in real life, Bernie Madoff is an unhealthy type three achiever. A lot of politicians are unhealthy type three achievers. Uh, these are people again who make a living uh, curating their image and just lying to themselves and lying to the public. They're they are a okay with that. They can think that way. And, you know, I'll even, you know, venture out and say E. Jean Carroll is a type three achiever, a very unhealthy, unhealthy one. All right. So, uh, yeah, Underdog, it's free to see on Prime, not for the kids and uh, not not available in the movie theaters. Really, really good job writing it. A really good job directing it. Really top notch, top notch and everything. Um, really good at job acting. Uh, grade A plus from me. All right. All right, on to the last segment. I'm going to talk about my weight loss journey. <laughs> so I'm not overly fat. I'm not even fat. Some people don't consider me fat. But I was, I was editing my wedding video, just uh, not my wedding video. I own a wedding company, right? So uh, I was editing a wedding video, and um, I saw myself in one of the camera shots. And I said, man, dude, like... I need to lose some weight because I look really big. Now, they say the camera adds about 10 pounds to you, but how many cameras did I have on me? I mean, <laughs> did I have like five cameras on me? Because I look like 50 pounds heavier than I think in my head. So, uh, you know, I started to start, you know, that was a wake-up call. And um, I this video was taken actually last October. And this video that I'm editing 
it's from last October, right around Halloween time. That's how long it's been. And the reason why, you know, again, my wedding video for this wedding video took so long is my wedding couple just got me their wedding photos. I do slideshows and everything and all that. So, so they, they just got me their wedding photos that for me to complete this wedding video, chose their music. And then I just had time to go finish it. And right now, you know, wedding videos take a long time. This wedding video was a helicopter wedding video, ran about 30 minutes long, a lot of tons of footage. I think maybe about, oh boy, um, I think there's close to about, I think about 48 hours worth of footage to look through to edit this video. It was tough, but the, the, the video came out beautiful, really, really beautiful. If you want to take a look at it, go to dreamweddingshawaii.com and you can take a look at the lower right-hand corner. It says my second helicopter wedding or something like that. Let me take a look here. Hold on a second. Let me see what it says. Let me see what it says. Hold on a second. Hold on. It says, I love helicopter weddings. Um, lower right-hand corner. I says, I love, I love helicopter weddings at dreamweddingshawaii.com. You can take a look at the wedding video there. And uh, just again, just finished it. It was, <laughs> watch it from beginning to end, and uh, it was really cool. First first trip in a helicopter. Anyway, I see myself in the shot, and this is last October. I said, oh my God, like, I need to lose some weight. So I, I started already losing weight from Christmas time, and uh, I went on a low-carb, I went on a, like a low-carb diet, Atkins type of diet around December, and immediately I lost about 10 pounds. And then right after that, I gained it back. And my weight was up to, when I was on camera, I was 251 pounds. 251, I'm six foot one, okay, 251. Um, little little roundish, you know, little of a bit of a belly, I can see that. But when I went down, when I lost weight, I went down to 236 when I was doing this Atkins stuff right around Christmas time. Now, of course, you know, Christmas time comes, you got to eat, 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 and then, you know, <laughs> gained it almost all back. So I went up to 248 pounds. And then I, I even touched 250. So I told myself, well, I'm going to go back on my diet back when I was like working out before, working out a lot and, and just not even working out a lot. It's following, following what I knew to be, that I would work. And right now, I, I'm happy to say I went, I went from a top weight of 200, 251 pounds. I am 236 pounds here on February 1st, and I've been on this diet for maybe about two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks. So I've lost a pretty good amount of weight. And um, my face is a lot more narrow. My stomach is not sticking out as much. I can actually see my abs under a layer of fat here, which is really cool. Never thought, I haven't seen my abs like in about 10, 10, 15 years, to be honest. And um, I looked at, I went to 24 Hour Fitness today and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, wow, you know, I'm really looking as though, I'm looking a lot better. I'm really looking a lot better. And uh, I'm looking like someone who's kind of in shape, which is really, really cool. So I, my, I plan to get down to maybe about 205, maybe 200 pounds, maybe about 195. And um, I'm going to keep following this diet. So now, what am I doing? Because I'm still eating a lot of junk food. Uh, I, I'm, I'm eating junk food. I'm eating a lot of things that I really, really, you know, a lot of people would say they're off, they're off, um, they're off your diet because if you want to lose weight, you can't eat these certain foods. And I was never a fan of those things, even though the only reason why I went on Atkins was to support my dad because he went on like a low carb diet or no carb diet. And, and then so did Pitmaster Keith. So I, I said, okay, I, I told them I'll do it with you. And lo, and lo and behold, it worked. But 
it's not fun because when you don't have carbs, you don't have rice, you don't have desserts, you don't have a lot of this stuff. And on top of that, your weight loss stalls. I mean, after that two-week period when you just lose like tons of weight, you don't lose much more. It, it, it kind of, it really, really, really stalls. And, and then once you, you introduce any type of carb in your body, you just gain it almost immediately back. So, you know, you eat a donut or two, you're back up, you're back up all of a sudden. So, cause what, a lot of what you lose is not fat. It's all water weight. And, and I knew that because, you know, again, I used to work up religiously. You know, I, you know, again, play football, play, you know, ride bike a lot, you know, do martial arts and everything. And I still do a lot of those things. I just snack a lot. I love my snacks. So what did I do to lose weight and still eat whatever I want? Well, it's now first of all portions are are really really important okay so if you if you eat too many calories period you're going to gain weight you're, you're, i'm sorry you're you're, you're going to gain weight but what you need the only reason why you eat a lot of anything is because psychologically you have this fear of missing out so if you get rid of this fear of missing out that oh my god i only have a cheat day i only have a cheat day once a week if you only have a cheat day once a week, you're just going to say, man, I, I got to make up for all my sins or for all the food that I didn't eat before because I have to wait like a week until I can eat more. So you, you eat more just because of that. You say, I'll just, I'm just going to pig out. Now, <laughs> here's what I've been doing. Um, I've been, number one, I've been carb cycling. So what exactly is carb cycling? Uh, on one day, you eat a lot of carbs. And on another day, you don't eat as much carbs. You probably eat low carbs to no carbs. And when I say low carbs, if you count your macros, I'm talking about 100 grams of 100 grams of carbs or less. And that's pretty low. So you can still eat your rice. You can still maybe even eat a little small little ice cream here and there. But for the most part, you are avoiding carbs on your low carb days. And you're not, you know, you're, you're skipping all the desserts. You're, you're skipping all those you know, sugary sodas out there. And, but you're just eating mostly, you know, you're, you're just eating mostly, you know, uh, protein. And when you eat these proteins, you, you have to, you kind of like naturally want to, I guess psychologically, you're saying, well, I'm getting, I'm tired of eating steak every single time or like, you know, chicken without rice. Because your mind is just tired of doing it, you, you start kind of trying to find things that you could eat that kind of, that kind of uh, fit your macros on your low carb days because you don't really have a lot of variety on the, on the, on the low carb days. And then on your days that you have high carb days. And for me, it's been for the most part, every other day. So it's high carb day, low carb day, high carb day, low carb day, high carb day, shoots, eat pizza, you know, <laughs> eat pizza, have a donut to go with that thing. And here's the thing. Your metab your metabolism is directly connected to carbs. It really, really is. So what happens is that, if you de de um, I guess deprive your body of carbs, your metabolism will slow down. And, it will, and if you do it for a long time, it will drastically slow down. That's why when people who are on low-carb diets, they have a hard time having a good poop. I know a lot of you guys out there are on paleo. What's it called? Paleo? Paleo? Paleo diet. Paleo diet, Atkins diet, South Beach diet. They're all the same. They're all basically the same. Carnivore diet, all, all the same. Just be, they just change your name because they can't use Atkins because that's a licensing thing. Um, but again, it does work to a certain point until your metabolism slows down and your metabolism is slowing down because you're not eating carbs, okay? And then when you introduce carbs into your body, 
all of a sudden you get fat and all that weight comes back because your metabolism is not high. Now, what happens when you introduce carbs into your body? Yeah, you know, when, you, when you do, when you, I'm sorry, what happens when you don't have enough carbs in your body? You know, your body starts, it's an emergency mode, so stop, your, metabol- your metabolism will slow down, and you're not going to have these really, really good poops at all, and it's very not, it's not satisfying, and, and I know it's kind of gross to talk about poops, but then, again, like, you, you just don't have these good poops. Now, when you put carbs in there, all of a sudden, you have these good poops. Not when you do it, not when you just first do it, because when you, when you go from like Atkins or like low carb and you, go, you start introducing carbs, you just have diarrhea real quick, right? But when you start introducing some good carbs in there, I'm talking like rice, potatoes, all those different types of things in there. And you can have, even have a donut or even if you have to eat a pizza, you're, you're introducing a lot of carbs in here and even a lot of fats, but your metabolism will just boost it up. So then you introduce a workout on top of that. So again, you're going to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, high carb day, right? And you're also going to work out. So you don't have to work out hard, but I go for a bike ride. Today, I just came back from 20 hour, 24 hour fitness and I had an okay, okay workout, you know, but, and, um, you know, my legs are a little sore. Got, did a little chest and back workout and, uh, I didn't spend my whole life at the gym. I do high intensity training, by the way. And then, uh, you know, again, but I still ate like, candies and you know other stuff and, and chocolates and because i i know for a fact that in a couple of days or even the the next day i'll probably eat, eat more sugars i didn't really pick out too much not at all not at all so so again tomorrow tomorrow will be a low carb day and um again all of what i eat will be my metabolism my metabolism will be up so it will burn all of that food that i just ate really really quick and then it'll carry it on to the next day, and then I start losing more, and it'll start metabolizing fat. So that's what you do. Now, someday, sometimes, if you're, and I, and I, again, we're going to talk about poops again. If you still have healthy poops, then I would say continue on to the, another low-carb day. Add another low-carb day on there, and because and, your, your metabolism may still be high. So you could do one day high-carb, then two-day low-carb, one day high-carb. That's it, Right? Now, what else do I do? I also throw in intermittent fasting on, into this. Now, I was doing intermittent fasting before it became viral. I mean, I was telling people about this all the time. So, so what I mean, what I do is I just skip breakfast, eat a late lunch, and maybe stop eating around nine, ten, or even sometimes I don't even stop eating. I, I'll stop eating at twelve, and I, and I'll eat a very, very late lunch. Um, maybe I'll even go straight to dinner. I, I, I can do that, you know. So, so, and I, I'm not even hungry. But what that does when you when you start when you start like um, I guess uh, intermittent fasting, what that does is that your body stops producing insulin and starts producing what they call glucagon, and glucagon uses fat to to actually um, create the sugar in your blood because your, your your blood sugar. I mean, your, your blood has to always have a certain amount of sugar inside of it. It can't have zero sugar. It has to have a certain amount. It can't have too much sugar. It has to have a certain amount. It has to have an exact amount. Because if you don't have enough sugar in there, that's when you start working out and you start feeling a bunk coming. So that's when you get those gel packs, which are all like sugar. And it starts, you start putting sugar back into your bloodstream immediately. And then for it to immediately turn into, go into the bloodstream, that's when insulin comes in. So that's when, you, you know, you have, you have insulin, your pancreas starts, they're saying, man, we need that sugar right away. You hit that, you hit that gel pack when you're biking and all of a sudden you have sugar in your blood and your 
legs feel like they're 100% already, right? But glucagon is much different. It's very slow. So when you're intermittent fasting, you have no sugar in your blood, right? Because you're, you're, you cut carbs and everything like that. And what it is, it's literally using the fat, the leftover fat in your body to balance your sugar. So you're, you're, you remember that gel pack? Just imagine your fat being that gel pack. The problem with that is that it's very slow. It's not a very efficient machine to do that. It's not as efficient as eating a piece of candy or eating or drinking Gatorade or a gel pack, right? So if you, if you're fasting, and you're doing intermittent, if you're doing intermittent fasting and you're on low carb, <laughs> your body is in this like, it's not in a good state to work out. So if you go for a bike ride and you try to hit that hill, it's, you're not going to get this punch. Your legs are going to be very, very weak. That's why you have to, when you do these hills and everything, you have to, you have to do it on a day that you're actually eating. So that's why it's not good to do it on these, these, uh, I guess the low, low carb days. That's why, and those days are just rest days. Just, but those, all, but your rest days are your fat burning days. So tomorrow is my fat burning day. So again, your body goes up and down, up and down. And, and here's also the cool thing: when you do low carb, it's also low calorie because low carb. You when you do low carb, you naturally stay away from all the sugars because you can't have the sugars. You can't have the donuts. You can't have you can't have all the pastries. You can't have all the milk and all anything like that, right? So you're you're naturally staying away from the sugar, which is good for you know diabetes, right? And you make yourself like you know not insulin resistance, but you know you're 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 making your pancreas work. Not and you're not making it work overtime. You're not making it work as hard. Right? You're not you're not stressing it out by putting so much sugar into your body. Now again, when you eat on your high carb days, you know you don't have to go nuts. Psychologically, you won't go nuts because you know for a fact. Okay, a couple of days later, I can eat a donut. I don't have to worry about it. I can have my pizza. I don't have to starve myself from pizza. I don't have to make it off limits at all. <laughs> I love baked potatoes. I love all this stuff. I love, I love a, a, a cheesecake, right? I just have to eat it on my high-carb days when I work out. Right? So that's it. And it's been working. It's been really working. So I'm on 236 right now. I'll update you as I go along. Maybe two weeks from now, I'm really excited to see what, how much weight I'll lose. It's not as fast. You know, when you lose this weight, it's not as fast. I mean, it'll, it'll go down. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll go down a little bit and then you plateau and then all of a sudden you'll start losing maybe four or five pounds at a time. And, and then when you hit, when you hit your, on your high carb days because you're having so much sugar and everything, you may, your weight may go up, you know, temporarily. But then it'll go back down. And by the way, if you're working out, you do a heavy workout, like a really, really, really big workout, um, don't worry if your weight goes up a little more. Because what happens, like, see, like I just went on a bike ride and um, I went up to Pully Lookout. I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to go up the Pully, not the Pully Lookout, but the Pully Highway. That was just crazy. <laughs> it's a steep hill, but it's not the hill that that was like made it crazy. It's the traffic that made it extremely dangerous, and um, I, I don't think I'll ever do it again. But but what, I, what I'm saying is that uh, after that after that bike ride, my weight when I went on that bike ride I was 238. After I got off that bike ride, and that was my high carb high carb day, I was about 245 pounds. So, so I, I had gained. Six pounds because I just kept drinking water. I had two bottles of water. I kept drinking that. And that, again, all that water. And then I just kept having, having the gel packs. And um, all that glycogen, all that um, water, it just went straight into the muscles. And then after that, my muscles, and 
you know, it, it, it swelled. It looked very, very, it swelled. So again, that weight stayed on for almost a couple of days. And then afterwards, it went down. So again, if you do a heavy workout, especially when it comes to biking, which uses all the big quadriceps and hamstrings, you know, you're, you're going to just expect a weight gain. It's only swelling. It's not fat. Not at all. All right, people. That's it. 43-minute podcast went by pretty quick. I'm going to get... I got to get headed to bed because I'm going to barbecue a brisket. By the way, I'll update you on what's happening with uh, our barbecue company. It's, you know, things are really, really taking off on there. I'm so happy. I, I just hope that it just all pans out. It really does. Uh, I mean, I just, I just hope because it'll be great for a lot of people out there. It'll be great for me. It'll be great for like, you know, I can get this homeless guy a job. Um, my parents are involved with it too. It'll just be really, really awesome. And, uh, you know, and then this podcast too. You know, I'm hoping it grows because this podcast has a lot to do with that. And, you know, people can, you know, hopefully learn more about me, learn about more, more, more about our barbecue. I'm never going to disclose secrets on this podcast, but more learn, you know, learn more about things that are, you know, behind the scenes that goes on with this barbecue company. So, so um, that's about it. And thank you so much for listening. Okay. So last thing first, after I go, I got to plug my company, dreamweddingshawaii.com dreamweddingshawaii.com you want your weddings you want your uh, family photos anything you know surprise vow renewal give me a call but gotta be in hawaii i gotta be on a walk in fact too all right that's about it talk to you later